This is Unaided, the brand building podcast brought to you by Leakside, a team snap company. Get ready to learn about brand marketing strategy from the experts. Here's your host, Evan Brandoff. Hello and welcome to the Wingrin podcast. I'm your host, Evan Brandoff. Today, we welcome Patrick Summers onto the show. Patrick's an Emmy Award-winning marketing executive and the AVP of Sponsorships and Events at Northwell Health. Let's get into it. Patrick, how are you? Doing really well, Evan. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I am particularly excited about chatting with you, being a Long Island native. A fun fact, my brother and sister-in-law, they're both doctors and they used to live on the former North Shore campus. They had a great oh. apartment on that campus. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. You know, we have such a large, expansive footprint that uh, that doesn't surprise me, seeing how Northwell is pretty much everywhere. But yeah, that, that is a fun tidbit. Well, I am pumped to dive into sponsorships, specifically all the amazing things that you're working on at Northwell. But first, want to go back in time a little bit. So you're from Long Island originally. I am. I am. Born and raised in a, a small little beach community called Long Beach, New York. It's Barrier Islands. I guess for your listeners, it's about 25 miles to the southeast of Midtown Manhattan, a small Barrier Island to the south of Long Island proper. But we're most famous for our legendary beaches and uh, world-famous boardwalk. And unfortunately, also really well-known for the uh, devastating impact of Hurricane Sandy. But I can say as a uh, lifelong resident who made his way back, the town is back on its feet better than ever. I can second that. Long Beach is going strong. And you were a big athlete growing up, right? Yeah, you know, I've had the good fortune of, you know, played every sport under the sun, you know, football, basketball, ran track, played soccer, lacrosse, everything, you know, my parents' idea was, let's just throw this kid into all the sports and see what sticks. And then I actually, for whatever reason, I don't know how it happened, I guess good genetics or something, I was just really, really fast. Not something I ever thought about. I actually never wanted to run track. I actually don't like running, if I'm being completely candid and honest with you. But during the spring in high school, uh, I never played a spring sport. And the, the football coach said, well, you need to do something for spring after during when football and basketball aren't happening. So I started running track and field. And lo and behold, I actually ended up getting a track scholarship. And I had the good fortune of attending the University of Southern California out West. So fight on Trojans. I ran track for a, a short period of time. Realized I wasn't going to the Olympics. And then I still had access to the weight room and was working out one day. Some guys on the rugby team, which is also a varsity sport at USC, were working out. And they said, hey, you're a pretty big guy and you're really fast. Or so we've been told, do you want to play rugby? I was like, well, I've never played before. And they said, well, did you ever play football? I said, yeah, I played in high school. They're like, just come to practice, see if you like it. And so I fell in love with it and ended up uh, getting my varsity collegiate letter uh, in rugby. And it's hanging up on my wall in my, uh, my living room. How do you feel about Lincoln Riley coming to USA? Oh, huge, huge. I mean, talk about a coup to, uh, you know, I don't think anyone, he was on the radar of anybody. I think everyone uh, in the Trojan family was thinking, no, James Franklin or the coach at Baylor were the, kind of the two main targets. And then all of a sudden they put an offer out. And I guess that was the saying that you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. I guess he was looking to move on. So Oklahoma's bad fortune is our good fortune. And so I think it's really uh, energized and elevated the fan base, you know, number one transfer class coming in with uh, Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison amongst others coming in. So I think what was looking like going to be an extensive rebuild is uh, quickly turning around into hopefully uh, 
back to our glory days when I was at school. I graduated in 05 when uh, Pete Carroll, Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart were there. So hopefully we're back to that. So like I say, you know, all the negative feelings that, you know, they're trying to pit the Oklahoma fans against the USC fans. I went to the Orange Bowl uh, in 2004 when USC won the national championship against Oklahoma coincidentally. And I got to tell you, the Oklahoma fans I interacted with, Nice people in the world, salt of the earth, good people. They just wanted to have a good football game. So I'd say the um, social media is probably amplified and put emphasis on some of the, you know, the trolls out there, for lack of a better term. But the majority of the fans on both sides, I think, uh, are, are good people. So hopefully it's uh, we maybe face them in the playoffs. Who knows? Yeah. I'm a Longhorn, so I couldn't be more excited about Lincoln Riley. Ah, okay. <laughs> leaving. Gotcha. Leaving, exactly. <laughs> Funny enough, we actually just recently hired uh, a few months ago a guy on my team who uh, actually graduated from UT. So he's a Long Island native who went down to uh, Austin. We have some Longhorns representing on my team. Who? Mark Cherbar. I don't know if you know the name. Uh, not familiar. Okay. He played tennis. Okay. Yeah, we can connect offline about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> figure out uh, who is who. Right. Well, I love it that sports were such a, a big part of your childhood. How do you feel growing up playing sports contributed to to the professional you are today? I think it was immensely, immensely helpful. I think sports is the foundation for a lot of what we do in the professional working world. Because when you're an athlete, you play a team sport, it's all working together towards a common goal. And that's kind of what part parcel of what the professional world is, especially in the business world, the marketing world. You know, you're working on these cross-functional teams and you all need to band together towards one common goal. You know, whether it's a small task or some large overarching task, or even if you think of a 30,000 or 50,000 square foot macro view, what the organization goals are. Again, everyone's working together towards something. So I think sports was a foundation for that. And it's also about time management, which is a very, very key skill. You know, you pick up from playing sports and balancing your responsibilities as a student, as an individual, whether you're, you have chores at home or, you know, responsibilities, you have a girlfriend, a boy, from whatever it may be to your friends. To, how do I find myself, find time to spend on my craft you know so again time management big skill teamwork and then how do you push yourself right it's like adversity and you know when you face adversity as an athlete do you respond and do you overcome or do you wither in the face of it you're challenged every day in the business world and again the stakes are different but they're equally as important a hundred percent and i feel like you ended up in a dream job for a sports friend from new york yeah uh, yeah running sponsorships getting the sponsor <laughs> i assume a lot of the teams that that you loved growing up yeah like i said what's it saying you know falling backwards into excrements uh, I'll, I'll say it nicely <laughs> definitely a dream come true and to work for an organization like northwell i'm a member of this community and our mission as, this organ- as an organization, healthcare organization, is to improve the lives of the members of our community. While I'm not a clinician, I mean, I'm not saving lives by any means, I get to work alongside the best nurses and doctors in the world who are saving lives of people, whether it's globally, you know, we're doing a lot of work in the Ukraine right now that a lot of people aren't aware of. There's a forthcoming advertising campaign, but really within our community itself in New York, trying to, um, you know, improve the lives of everyone, whether it's addressing the disparities in economics and healthcare that really came to light during COVID or even being a tip of the spear during COVID. Most people don't realize this. Northwell treated the most patients in the world. Take that back. I don't want to speak here. Most patients in the United States during COVID um, and probably up there in the world. And then the first vaccine recipient was a Northwell employee. Her name was Sandra Lindsay. First person in these United States to receive the vaccines. So not only are we treating the people, we're putting ourselves out there as leaders saying we're willing to do whatever, like we're asking everyone else to do. Yeah. So speaking of COVID, 
I see you joined Northwell in March of 2020, <laughs> right as the, the world was shutting down or, or, you know, the United States in particular to come run sponsorships and events. Yeah, not what I envisioned when I uh, I transitioned to healthcare. It wasn't planned, I will say that. So I was approached by a recruiter in December of 2019 about the potential of joining Northwell. Uh, it wasn't even positioned as Northwell. It was a, we represent healthcare organization looking for somebody who has a background in sponsorships and events. Your background seems to align with that from my previous work supporting, you know, on the agency side, supporting the NFL and Ford and other clients. I said, yeah, sure. I'm interested. So I went through the interview process. And I remember one of the final interviews I was meeting with our, at the time, chief executive emergency medicine officer. And he was about 40 minutes late to our interview. And I'm just sitting outside his office, you know, like, Everyone's busy and he comes in. He goes, Hey, I'm really sorry. I was stuck in a meeting talking to some folks via teleconference from China about this coronavirus thing. And I'm like, Okay. I'm like, Yeah, you're hearing a lot about it in the news. But again, this is like late December, early January. So like it wasn't really well known what was happening. Come late January, I received the offer. And then my first day was March 9th, 2020. And then March 10th is really when the world fell apart and then business started closing. We went 100% remote. And so my training was all canceled. And I was doing these online modules. My team, I met in passing for about 20 minutes. My boss, you know, I met my boss with the interview process, but like we didn't have a chance to sit down. And so it was definitely a um, extreme example of being thrown in the deep end and learning to swim and learning to swim very quickly under really difficult and trying times, not only for someone being new within an organization that I have no background in being healthcare, but what's happening in the world and specifically sponsorships because sports stopped. So, you know, we were kind of going down the path of, you know, hey, teams going to playoffs and fans in the stands, uh, none of that happening. So I guess the fortunate part of it was I got to really dig deep into our contracts and what do we have? What's being fulfilled? What can we reimagine? And, you know, most people during contract negotiations, force majeure is kind of an afterthought mm. of a clause within the contract, but that's front and center. And so now I'm like super well-versed in force majeure language and the prop application of. So I feel like, you know, during COVID, I got a uh, mini law school education dealing with all this contractual stuff. Yeah. And for listeners that did not have to dig into the contracts <laughs> during COVID, force majeure, please correct me if I'm wrong, is essentially if an unexpected event happens that stops an event from happening. What happens with, with yeah, the what, what are the remedies? Uh, the actual term is like, if an act of God occurs, whether <laughs> it's war or terrorism or pandemic, again, who would have thought in our day and age that we're dealing with these things in these United States, but unfortunately that's the world we live in as a global interconnected community that this happens. And so again, now it's no longer an afterthought. It's at the forefront of how we address certain contracts and contractual assets and the what if, you know, you know, in events and sponsorship, you kind of play that what if game, you know, like what if this happens, what if this person doesn't show, or what if we tweak something slightly? It's not the extreme of what if there's no fans in the stands? What if seasons get canceled or postponed or shortened or whatever it may be? Right. So interesting. What else I found interesting is you mentioned that interview with the chief executive emergency officer or emergency medicine officer. Yeah. Why is that person involved in the interview process for the AVP of, of sponsorships and events? Yeah. So, you know, we're a large matrix organization, you know, just backing up a little bit about Northwell. We are the, you know, the largest healthcare provider in, uh, in New York state, largest private employer, but because we're so large, there's so many things that are interconnected with each other. And so this particular gentleman, yes, while he's like 
more operations as well as you know emergency medicine services. That goes kind of part and parcel with some of the event that work that we do. So mm-hmm. from an operational standpoint, and then from the event medicine side, you know he's one of the stakeholders that I have to interact with. You know some of the larger events that we throw via our sponsorships. You know without getting too much into the weeds about some of our contractual assets. You know we have the ability to host events at, at certain properties. So you know he had a vested interest in making sure that you know the person that was brought on for this role is well versed in understanding what the rules are for activating essentially. Got it. That's that's really interesting. So Patrick, in your words, what's the power of, of sports sponsorships? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So sports sponsorships or sponsorship in general, because we, we don't just sponsor sports at Northwell. We have a large portfolio, whether it's sponsoring, albeit sports, but at the university level, via our relationship with Hofstra University, sponsorships at the community level, sponsoring different events whether they're gatherings like 5Ks or whether they're community gatherings of the Puerto Rican Day Parade that happened out in Northport. Like we sponsor that. There's those. And then we have an entertainment angle with our sponsorship of Jones Beach Amphitheater via Live Nation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sponsorship as a whole, we kind of look at it, or I look at it anyway, as one piece of the marketing mix. How can we get out the message of who Northwell is, what our mission is, the community that we serve and the services that we offer, but how do we do it in a compelling and organic manner and in a storytelling manner? Like, listen, I can throw logos and spend money to do that, but is that really authentic? And the other end of the spectrum, specific to healthcare, is people don't really think about healthcare unless they have a health incident. You know, you can probably rattle off some hospitals off the top of your head, but do you really understand the robust? series of services that any of these hospitals offer. Probably, I'd say nine out of 10 people don't. So how can we use the megaphone that are these properties, whether it be sports, entertainments, you know, community properties, and put out the Northwell message of who we are, what we do, what our mission is, and some of the services that we offer both, you know, from hard services. Oh, hey, we're the official healthcare partner of the Rangers. If the Rangers or the Islanders or the, you know, whomever gets hurt, they're going to get their shoulder fixed or their knee fixed by our doctors. Like, yeah, that's a one-to-one thing. And some people may think about that, but more about, you know, if can we use the platforms to push out messaging about you know, use COVID? Go to this location so you can get information about how to be tested, how to receive your vaccine or get screened for cancer services, whatever it may be. Like we have a vested interest in serving the members of our community and we can do that in a more efficient manner by using these uh, partnerships and using their platforms. Interesting. It's like a megaphone, if you will. Yeah, I find that really interesting. And especially speaking to sponsorships and partnerships as an opportunity, not just put your logo on something, but to really engage with that passionate community, those passionate fans of, of, of you know whatever that entity is. Can you talk us through an example of one of your partnerships looks like and how you're leveraging that sponsorship to be a megaphone to educate people in the community? Yeah, sure. You know, I'll use the Rangers and I'll use, the, I'll use two examples here. On the Rangers side, we are the first ever partner that they've had to have our logo appear on their practice jerseys and on their practice helmets. It's the first ever deal they've ever done. It's really a first ever deal. NHL, not so much just the patches, but the platform behind it. So we created this practice platform that really starts with a training camp entitlement where you get the introduction to us being on the practice patch, why we're doing so. And then we have specific patch programs where we link it to whether it's first responders, Hockey Fights Cancer, which is a league-wide initiative, or we have another pillar called Around Youth Health and Wellness. And so at different touch points throughout the year, we'll have a whole campaign around the players are wearing the patches. 
like, you know, we'll do some video and storytelling about what the rationale behind it. And we want a player mm. ambassador who actually has a vested interest in this and why they care about certain things. So whether it's a player who has some kind of connection to cancer, whether in their family or themselves personally, some connection to first responders, Truba, his wife is going to be a resident at Northwell at Lenox Hill Hospital coming up. So he's someone who can speak about, you know, someone who's a first responder. He actually cares about it. Talk about some of the work that we do. We use some organic storytelling around it. And then we can actually raise money around it too by selling these patches to fans, selling the player-worn practice jerseys to fans to raise money for some of the work that we do. Because again, Northwell is technically a nonprofit. So we're always looking to raise money to put back into the ideas is no margin, no mission. So we can't service people and service the community without the margin there. So every little dollar counts. So we're getting a little bit back from the sponsorship. And then again, use this to educate consumers on all the stuff that we can do. So that's like a specific, you know, avenue around the actual patch platform versus just a logo slap, do some storytelling, some actual result. And then another aspect of it, I'll go to Islanders. Again, we have this program because we care about the community so much called Play It Forward. It's about to be announced, but it's kind of been in progress for a while. So again, big thing, I keep reiterating community. So we have this learn to play, learn to skate hockey program. A lot of different clubs do this, but we've got to take it one step further because hockey, as you're probably aware, it's a really expensive sport for people to play, especially the youth. I opened with it before. COVID kind of opened up these disparities in healthcare from the socioeconomic lens of how communities were impacted. And so if you have communities that we service and we promote the Islanders and our services to them, but none of these communities can play hockey, like that's not really fair. So we targeted these underserved communities, provided them with the opportunity for them to learn to skate. And then we're giving away scholarships to certain individuals who apply for and showed this like grit and determination. They, they wanted to continue on with the game of hockey. They just didn't have a means. We didn't want that to be a thing. So this play it forward program is going to fund a few kids to play hockey over the next few years, private lessons, pay for all the equipment, pay for their club dues, pay for their travel. And so it's gonna be a small pipeline that will continue to do these learn to play clinics. And then from these clinics in these underserved communities, we'll try to identify individuals who want to continue on and then can we afford them scholarships via our partnership and then can we follow them on the path? But then the path isn't just learn to play hockey, try to become a professional hockey player, get a scholarship. Can we open up avenues of things that they probably didn't even think about from sport, whether it's working something within the Islanders, it could be hockey operations, it could be advertising, it could be media, it could be front office, guest relations, it could be a myriad of things. Or within the Northwell world, can we introduce you to sports medicine, EMS, you know, nursing, there's different touch points or even marketing for that instance. Can we introduce these youth to the different avenues that sport can play, not just by playing sport, by opening up the entire portfolio of things that happen both within the Islanders organization as well as the Northwell organization? Yeah, it's really, it's awesome. So <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to be listening to this that are probably thinking, oh, I've got an event or an organization that I need sponsors for. I've been trying to reach Patrick for forever. What's a, the most effective way to get through all the noise to get their message in front of you? And then two, how are you evaluating different opportunities? What are you looking for as the right opportunities for Northwell? Sure. So again, we are a regional New York-based healthcare system. So yeah. you know, someone reaching out to us for an opportunity to do something in Florida or Virginia or Texas, obviously that doesn't really make sense. And you know, we'll kindly say, you know, hey, thank you, but unfortunately, that's not something that we're going to educate at this time. 
based on our geography. But really, we try to look at things as what's the net benefit for the health system, for the community and our end user, and does it align with our goals of what we're trying to accomplish of, you know, again, reaching out, using these sponsorships as a megaphone to reach out to different communities within our footprint. And then it's going to need effective means of doing so. So again, not everything falls under my team's purview. I'm just one of close to 80,000 team members now. I have other colleagues who help us evaluate some of the you know other things. So my role is strictly around our corporate sponsorships. I partner with some of our folks, let's say in the community and population health side that that manage some of our smaller sponsorships within the community, whether it's um, you know your hometown of Jericho, they're throwing a 5K and they're looking for North Little Sponsor. You know, they'd reach out. If something came down on my desk, I would just forward it on to theirs because that's frankly, something that they're going to handle because within that specific community, we have a team of people that can do something specific, whether it's tabling, activate, hand out information, educate folks about that. And then we can partner with them on the corporate marketing side if they need assets, whether it's logos, social media help to, you know, if these organizations on the smaller side have channels that we can also activate and link to. Interesting. Something that I found really interesting is the patch sponsorship you were speaking to before is you work in an ROI component into that sponsorship where you're selling something to, you know, to raise money for the nonprofit that is Northwell. So that's one way of, of measuring the effectiveness of the sponsorship. But what else are you looking at when yeah, you know, we're running studies uh, each season around our big properties to understand what is the ROI or we call ROO, return on objectives. We want to understand what type of brand lift we're getting, what type of aided, unaided awareness we receive around this. And again, that's why we're kind of going down the path of doing organic and authentic storytelling and having these platforms versus just doing logo slaps. Because again, you can slap a logo on anything, you can get X amount of impressions, but what does that mean? If you can connect something tangible you're doing with your logo and to the larger store, I think that's a much better measure of what we're doing. And then we've seen lifts in our unaided awareness based on a lot of these programs are running. Are you aware Northwell is a sponsor of the team? Yes. Are you aware that Northwell does XYZ? Yes, I am. Are you aware because of this program? Yes, I am. So there's a correlation between some of the storytelling and platforms and programs that we run to that unaided awareness. Again, that will pay dividends when people have health events, they'll give us consideration because again, I'm not seeking out healthcare service because I'm not having a health event. But once I have a health event, I'm going to think, hey, I need to go somewhere. Northwell, they're the official partner of healthcare partner of the Islanders, the Rangers, or their name is on Jones Beach. And they're, they're doing a lot of stuff in the community. And I know they're wonderful and they're authentic and I'm going to go see them. Right. So interesting. And you mentioned before that sponsorships is just one part of the media marketing mix. How closely do the different marketing teams at Northwell work with one another? You know, we're really fortunate. We have this great CMO, Ramon Soto, who's our leader and really kind of sets a tone and the overall strategy of what we're trying to accomplish. And so I have the good fortune of being on our integrated marketing team. So I work hand in hand with our folks that work in advertising media to ensure that our efforts are aligned. And then I work closely with our clinical marketing folks to understand, you know, what they're doing in the marketplace, what their priorities are, whether it's pushing cardiac or oncology or orthopedics, whatever the service line objectives may be, understanding what they're doing. And then is there a way for them to push their messaging through our sponsored channels and vice versa? You know, so if there's a retail being like, you know, the doctor's office, 
that does orthopedics. Can we partner with them so they and can ensure that they can let people know that we're the official doctors of the Islanders. Go get your shoulder fixed by the same place who did some player on the team. I'm not saying that he had this done, but let's just say, for instance, Matt Barzell had a bum shoulder. He went and saw, you know, doctor such and such. Go see the same doctor that Barzell. You know, like we try to work with them on that one-to-one level, again, on integrated level. And then even across our PR efforts, you know, my next, you know, Two offices down from mine is our head of PR. So she and I are constantly engaged with each other to ensure that anything that we're doing is their PR angle. So from the top-down leadership, they're encouraging us and really putting us all in the same room to ensure that we all know what's going on in each other's world and how can we amplify and help one each other out. Because at the end of the day, it goes back to that teamwork conversation. We're all working as a team towards one common goal. And that's how can we make Northwell top of mind for consumers and educate them on what the good work we're doing in the community. I love that. From my perspective, you're you're doing a, an incredible job at that. Well, thank you. Thank Whenever you. I'm back in New York, it's impossible not to see something Northwell. Uh, <laughs> yeah, shifting gears a little bit. And this is the last question I have for you before we get into our lightning round. Sure. I saw that you're an Emmy Award winning marketer, <laughs> but I couldn't find anything on how you won this Emmy. Well, tell us. Yeah, what, yeah. No, listen, and I'm actually wearing the shirt, uh, not by design today. Just happened to have this <laughs> shirt on today. So my team has the good fortune of helping manage and run a platform that we started four years ago. We being Northwell called Side by Side, uh, a celebration of service. So it originated in 2019. So Northwell is one of the largest um, employers of veterans in New York State. We have a military liaison services dedicated to working with our active duty warfighters as well as our veterans to help navigate the healthcare system, whether it's the VA or our hospital healthcare system. And so we wanted to, how can we put an emphasis on all that work that our military liaison services does, emphasize our close working relationship with the Department of Defense? Again, can we raise money towards this? Because it's a noble cause. And we do this all around uh, Memorial Day. Memorial Day being a very solemn day to honor all those who gave their last full measure of devotion in defense of our country. So in 2019, we threw an experiential activation at 30 Rock, where we had an outdoor music festival kind of performance, if you will, in conjunction with the Navy during Fleet Week. We had some military equipment there. You know, we had 20 plus thousand passerbys kind of go through the activation space, you know, interact with the tanks, do some pull-ups with the Marines. And we had karaoke for the Navy. We had Carlton, who, aka Alfonso Ribeiro, who's our MC for the day. Boys and Men performed. Gavin DeGraw performed. So like, you know, we use music as a form of connecting with the larger community and to draw people in. We had cast a Broadway to give, you know, the troops in town and the sailors in town for Fleet Week kind of a true New York experience. And then that whole thing ended and we went to Radio City Music Hall. Again, this is prior to my time, so I'm speaking as we, but know that my team did it, but I wasn't part of the team at the time. We threw a big concert at Radio City with Imagine Dragons. Awesome. Like, you know, no healthcare system's ever done something like this and raised a ton of money for 100% of the proceeds went to our military liaison services, which directly works with our active duty warfighters and our veteran community to provide services. Awesome. So let's replicate that in 2020. We were going to do it bigger and better, do something at Bryant Park, have a big concert Radio City again. We had A-list talent lined up. COVID happens. So again, this is where Force Majeure comes in. Act of God, we can't have in-person gatherings. We can't throw a 8,000-person concert. We can't have 20-plus thousand people gather in New York City, albeit outdoors. No one we knew about COVID at the time. So we pivoted in March 2020, right when it started. And instead of producing our events, we did a series of three streaming concerts or performances, if you will. And then we did a television special on NBC 
that that's where the Emmy came from. So we worked in conjunction with Al Roker Entertainment and we produced a 60 minute special that aired on NBC. And it really, instead of just talking about our commitment to standing side by side with the military and the, our veteran community, it talked about that, but our partnership with the Navy when COVID was happening and working with the relief ships that came into New York Harbor and how we were, you know, really tipping the spirit during COVID. So really emphasize what our first responders are going through. You know, if you recall back the early days of COVID, seven o'clock, everyone banging pots and pans to, you know, thank our first responders. So we wanted to thank our first responders as well as our military folks who were in town helping with the response. So again, we've put a 60 minute television special on NBC to talk about this and ended up winning a, an Emmy. That's awesome. I, uh, yeah. Again, never in my life did I think I'd, I, I'd win an Emmy, but I jokingly kind of put it on my LinkedIn saying, hey, I'm an Emmy winning, award winning marketer, but it's true. <laughs> and I'm really proud of that work. You know, I come from a military family. My dad did 33 years in the Marine Corps as a pilot. You know, my nephew currently serves. So again, serving the military has always been, you know, part and parcel. So the opportunity to do so and continue to do so was great. And so the platform was carried on 2021. Unfortunately, because of COVID, we were more hybrid. We had some smaller in-person stuff going on, but not the full shebang like we had in 2019. And then two weekends ago for Memorial Day, we went back to our roots and had a two, we had, instead of a one day event, we had a two day event. So we had a one day block party at Flatiron Plaza in the middle of uh, lower Manhattan. We took over the north and south plazas of Flatiron at 23rd and Broadway. We had the military out there, different specific military activations. We had gratitude mailboxes and gratitude walls and gratitude video booths so people can record, write, or display messages of thanks to not only our first responders, but more importantly, our active duty military and our veterans. And then at the south plaza, we had a big, huge stage and military tank set up pose for photos and then watch a performance. We had Alfonso's back as our MC. We had Broadway back out there. Northwell Health has a nurse choir, which my team also has a good fortune of helping to manage. They were finalists on America's Got Talent last year. They made it down to the finals and won the golden buzzer from Howie. So they performed. And then we ended everything with a DJ set, a 90 minute DJ set from DJ Questlove, which was awesome. And then the next day with our partners at the Islanders and our friends at UBS Arena, we threw a big, huge Memorial Day concert. So we had a big tailgate outside incorporating a lot of the elements. We had the block party followed by having this big, huge concert. Again, big active duty presence. We had over a thousand troops at the front rows. Jason Derulo was our opener. Very mm-hmm. high-end guy. Did a great job. We displayed some videos talking about some of the veterans, you know, spotlight did vignettes on two different veterans. One, a veteran that we employed post-service and provided him with that opportunity. And he actually stopped an active shooter at one of our locations a few years back. So we highlighted him. And then before our headliner came on, who was John Legend, who again, phenomenal person, we dedicated side by side 2022 to a Marine named Justin Constantine, who unfortunately passed away. He suffered a wound. He was basically shot in the face by a sniper in Iraq. The team at Northwell did a you know, reconstructive surgery on his face. So he's able to actually use his jaw and eat solid food again because he was on, you know, basically drinking smoothies for years. They fixed his jaw. He was able to take a bite of a sandwich. Greatest thing ever. He became a motivational speaker, you know, really solid, inspirational guy. And then all of a sudden, stage four pancreatic cancer right before side by side happened. And he unfortunately, you know, didn't make it. So we dedicated side by side 2022 to him after we showed his video. And then there was not a dry eye in that. We have 13,000 people in the arena, not a dry eye in the place when his wife came on stage just to say, thank you. You should have been the opener. You're getting me pumped up. uh, (laughs) Well, listen, it's a labor of love. It is biggest brand act that Northwell does every year. 
to just, again, showcasing our commitment to the military. We're so thankful for all that they do and all those who've given the ultimate sacrifice that this is the least we can do is, is give back to the community by connecting our first responders, the large community and the military all together so we can celebrate them. And 2023, you know, we'll take a breather, we'll take a beat for a second and then start going into 2023 planning relatively shortly because this is a big platform for us. It's awesome. All right. The last part of the show is the lightning round. Let's so go. it's four questions and you got two minutes to answer all four. So first thing that comes to mind. First question, what is your favorite youth sports memory? <laughs> this is so d- but for whatever reason, it's like top of mind. So um, I went to Holy Trinity High School in Hicksville. Shout out Titans. I remember sophomore year in the playoffs, we advanced to the you know sectional championships, but it was a torrential downpour that game. Like you dream of playing like a mud bowl. This was like a torrential mud bowl. And then after the game was over, for whatever reason, we all decided to just do like slides across the field, full pads on in the mud, like just doing basically slip and slides after it's all over because we won. It was like, it seems like such a minor thing, but like that, like such a happy moment. It's like the epitome of like camaraderie with your teammates. Like, you know, that idea of like, you know, the man in the arena, you know, you blood, sweat, tears together towards a common goal. And then, you know, the worst of it, you fail, but at least you failed greatly. But then if you achieve, you achieve greatly, triumphantly together. And so it was just like a fun thing to do. I don't know. It just sticks out in my mind as like one of my best memories. Like you can sit here and say, oh, I won this race. I won this game or I hit the game winning shot. And that's, that's all great. But for me, sports is always about my teammates and those experiences together. Like, I think any athlete you talk to, I don't care what level it is, you know, whether it's the professional superstars to, you know, somebody who's just had the opportunity to play youth or high school sports. It's a camaraderie in the, in the locker room with your teammates. That's the thing you miss when it's all over. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Second question. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be like my dad. My dad was a pilot in the Marines. I wanted nothing more than to go into the Marines be a pilot like my dad. My very, very last rugby game of my collegiate career, I went into a tackle. My teammates tried to, you know, ruck over me, keep the pile going, but my leg was pinned between two people on the ground. So my upper body kept going, but my ankle kind of stuck in place. It popped. I tore the ligaments and tendons in my right ankle, had to get a reconstructive surgery. I had my two pins in my ankle. So when I went to MEPS, which is the medical induction for the Marines, because that was my plan post-college, I got red flagged and they said, well, you know, you have a reconstructed ankle. You can't do anything. Like you can't be a pilot. You can't go into the infantry. Like you can sit behind mm-hmm. a desk. You can do logistics. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that. You know, I talked to my dad. My dad's like, go, go in the real world and do this. Like, yeah. you know, I know what you want to do, but like, go get paid real money to do something. Like, I know you want to service and no one questions your patriotism. It's just a matter of, you know, unfortunately your ankle didn't cooperate. And the funny thing is my surgically repaired ankle is 10 times stronger than my non-surgically repaired one. Hmm. That is ironic. Yeah. Well, through side by side, you're supporting our troops. Which... Yeah. Yeah. This, and then I've had the opportunity to do some stuff with wounded warriors in the past in my uh, past agency life. So yeah, any, any opportunity I have to you know work with the military, I, I jump at it. Yeah. What is a brand whose marketing you admire most? I'll just say Under Armour. Only okay, reason why, because again, I'll stick with the military theme. Like the fact that they align themselves with the wounded warriors and the military, and you know they actually give money back. They're not doing a ton with it anymore, but like it just sticks out top of mind. It's, again, it's more of a partnership than anything. Yeah. And then finally, what is your go-to cause to support? Which it sounds like we've already covered this. But. <laughs> yeah. Any, anything military related, but I'll go one further than, again, it's easy to give to the military and there's myriad of charities that you can support. But the one that's near and dear to my heart, it's not so much military focused. It's the Stephen Stiller Foundation. I'm not sure if you're familiar with. So Stephen Stiller was a firefighter who ultimately gave his life on 9-11, left a tour, driving through the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel on his way home, saw the plates at the tower, tried turning back around to respond. 
unfortunately wasn't able to get through the tunnel in his car, parked his car, threw in all his bunker gear, ran through the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel and full on bunker gear, including up, you know, oxygen mask, oxygen tank, responded to the towers and never made it back alive. You know, I have a bunch of friends who are FDNY, NYPD, first responders, and that organization gives back, whether it's to veterans or fallen first responders, whether it's firefighters or, you know, police who fall in the line of duty. And they pay off mortgages and build houses and they, they do so much for the community. So, you know, I run the Tunnels to Tower race every single year where 20,000 people recreate that run. So, cause near and dear to my heart. Patrick, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was awesome. No, hey, thank you. I appreciate the invite. You can't tell I'm passionate about what I do. I'm really fortunate to do what I do. And if I can spread the word and if I can evangelize one more person with this, then it's a win. For sure. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Windgrid Podcast with Patrick Summers. As a recap, we discussed the impact of playing sports on your career, the impact of sponsorships and how to evaluate the right opportunities and how to effectively impact community while sharing your brand message. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Evan Brandoff. See you next time, everyone. Play on. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a rating at leagueside.com slash podcast. For more educational and inspiring content, you can follow Leagueside on LinkedIn and Instagram at leagueside underscore. See you next time.